tokusatsu, taking the form of many shows including Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Metal Heroes. And today, a group of fans come together to review it for you as Toku Secrets. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Toku Secrets Podcast presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I'm your host, Nathan Desai, and look, you can actually see us for this review. <laughs> um, <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> In advance, I apologize after how bad we look. But, well, how bad I look. These guys are okay looking, I guess. Yeah. Don't be so mean to yourself, man. Come on. Yeah, right. I'm your host, uh, Boken Silver, Nevin Asab, and we got Gokai Red, Rizwan, Merchant, and uh, you Green, Anthony Davis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You can show your ring. I should wear my I should wear my go go changer in these videos now, shouldn't I? Go go changer. Um, I need a go kai morpher. Go kai morpher, or like even a shirt, just yeah, present something. You know yeah. what? You know what? I know we're gonna talk about it in this review, but I would love to have the uh the sunglasses from the Sunglass Theory. Yeah, I would wear sunglasses during review. Would you wear one that like I'm, I'm trying to think because like because I think I might be like know somewhere where you might be able to get like the authentic looking ones, not like the ones from the toys or whatever. I think they might they have yeah. like some that they might made that look look similar to what they look in the show. Dude, I'd wear it hands down. I would wear it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So that kind of gives away what we're talking about today. Um, so a brief. Uh, Preview. Um, we are actually going to be doing uh, full season reviews of Power Ranger seasons. Um, the reason why we are starting with uh, Jungle Fury, though, is because now we've already recorded one, but this is actually going to be posted before that one. Uh, as we said in our last Jetman review, the Sentai that we're going to be reviewing is Juken Sentai Geki Ranger. So we're kind of in a spot where the Sentai that we're reviewing for the first time was adapted into a Power Ranger season that, spoiler alert in this video, we like the Sentai. You know, we, we love Gokaiger, but we hate Super Mega Force, and we love Shinkinger, but we hate Samurai. We... It's always something. <laughs> you, you, mean, you mean we like the Power Ranger season that we're reviewing the Sentai of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said, you said Sentai. It, you said we like the Sentai of the Sentai we're reviewing, and that's yeah, okay, we like the power. Just, sorry, okay. Yeah, okay, better, better. So, so this is going to be like a thing where when we review a Sentai that was adapted into a Power Rangers season, that we like, we'll do like a full season review of the Power Rangers season first, and then do the Sentai stuff. And then after that, uh, we'll do one of our verses where we compare the two things. So, um, I want to like decimate another team. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> no spoilers on which team, but you can probably figure it out by the end of this review. So, uh, Jungle Fury. Um, Jungle Fury was the Power Rangers season for 2008, airing from February to November of that year. Um, I would know because uh, I actually watched that season from start to finish as it was airing. Uh, so, uh, we'll just uh, jump right in. Um, you know, most of you people have watched this season, but I'll give a brief overview of the plot for maybe all two of you that don't know it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. 
So three students who are named Casey Rhodes, Lily Chillman, and Theo Martin, they are students of the Pai Shua Academy, a Kung Fu Academy that teaches um, Kung Fu based on, uh, you know, the movements of animals. They are chosen to be the new members of the Order of the Claw as guardians of the Dai Shi, which is an evil spirit that was imprisoned 10,000 years ago. Um, typical evil thing. Uh, Dai Shi gets... Of course. <laughs> Dai Shi is accidentally released and gets and possesses a rogue student named Jared and prepares to continue his conquest to rule the world. The three students travel to the city, our city uh, called Ocean Bluff. Um, really great name, by the way. That, that's actually a really great upgrade from the name of the an Operation Overdrive. <laughs> Operation Overdrive has the most unimaginative city name ever, San Angeles. We don't talk about it. <laughs> That's horrible. Forgot that. <laughs> Even the city name is horrible for that season. Um, but Ocean Bluff is good. Um, we can play they, a game. Find something that we like about Operation Overdrive. Oh wait, it ended. That's the thing we like. No, 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 no. There was like one or two things about that show I liked, and that gets put in mildly. Cool. We'll talk yeah. about that when the time comes. Um, if it ever comes. <laughs> they meet their new master, RJ. Uh, RJ is short for Robert James, which apparently was only specifically stated in a, uh, like a children's book. I never saw it. It's just, I saw a picture from it on the Ranger Wiki. So, um, so that's the case. Um, RJ gives them the ability to harness, harness their animal spirits to allow them to become Power Rangers and protect the world from Daichi's forces. Casey wields the tiger animal spirit as the red ranger, Lily the cheetah spirit, yellow ranger, and Theo the jaguar spirit, blue ranger. Um, and from then on, uh, you know, along the way, they meet several other Paishwa masters who teach them new techniques. They gain new weapons and mechs. Uh, RJ joins them as the wolf ranger, the very first official purple ranger in Power Rangers history. RJ's, RJ's friend Dominic Hargan, or Dom for short, joins them as the Rhino Ranger, and ultimately they all go through a series of obstacles and trials that comes down to the final battle with Daishi. Um, so there's the plot for you. We're, we won't go into all the details. Um, you, you guys already know what happens. Just wanted to give that overview. Um. I did want to bring up a couple of uh, fun facts about this season. This is like a fun fact section that I'll do in all these seasonal reviews. Uh, we can give our thoughts on uh, each of these fun facts as I go over them. Uh, this is the first series to introduce an American exclusive morpher. Technically, I mean, okay, technically Ryan's morpher from Lightspeed Rescue is American exclusive, but he's also an American exclusive ranger, so... These are like American exclusive morphers for rangers that exist in the Macentai. Um, they use solar morphers, uh, sunglasses, which is different from the Geki rangers, uh, Geki changers, because they use a uh, boxing glove like changers. Um, I don't know. I like both the changers. I, I, what would you think versus? I mean, I know we kind of already talked about this in the Geki Ranger thing, and we'll talk about it. I might prefer the Geki Changers just because they go with the gimmick, but I don't want that to change the fact that I think the Solar Morphers are pretty cool. I prefer the Solar Morphers, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. 
not gonna lie to y'all, I actually hated these things when they first came out. I was like, what is this? Like glasses? Ugh. But then now adult adult me is like, these guys are pretty cool. They're not they're not the geeky changes, obviously, but I mean I like them. And the thing is, the sunglasses aren't just to look cool. I mean, they give you tactical information, they give you comms to your team. And I think you can even see like stuff. Like on your glasses visor type thing, like mm-hmm. kind of like the Iron Man thing, you know? You like gotta a, cut out uh, my end a little bit. Oh, I did. So what I was saying is, it's like the Iron Man HUD, um, where he has like all the information on screen, you know? Can you can you hear yeah. us, Anthony? Anthony okay. You good? Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the second time in franchise history, we get American exclusive Power Rangers. Um, the first time was the Titanium Ranger and Lightspeed Rescue. Uh, in this case, we have the three Spirit Rangers. Um, they were created specifically for Jungle Fury. Um, in fact, uh, that is actually the reason why Jungle Fury does not have a Battleizer, because they used all the money that they would have used for a Battleizer to make the Spirit Rangers. I mean, Casey does have an American exclusive power-up, his Strike Rider Cruise, but he doesn't really use that in the show that much. I mean, um, okay, he uses it, but, like, can we not have the motorcycle be, like, part of the Battleizer gimmick thing? It wasn't cool when yeah, Carter... Yeah, it doesn't really count as a Battleizer, honestly. It doesn't, but it's, like, a power-up, at least, at the very least. Yeah. And it just kind of kind of bugged me that they did that, honestly. Do you think the 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 it would have looked better without the have him having to wear that weird like body yeah. to, to wear the to wear the motorcycle or I mean to use the motorcycle? Did you think that was like a little bit too much or I think so? That that was always interesting though, because I remember like there being a handful of uh Power Ranger motorcycle toys where you would get the motorcycles and the Rangers would have like these armor, these body armors on. I remember the SPD toys um, having those figures and I think the Dino Thunder toys. Um, I mean, I, I never play when I got the motorcycle toys for SPD. I, I never actually used those figures that came with the motorcycles. I put those figures to the side and just had my regular uh, Ranger figures just wear them. But yeah, I, I don't know. I always thought it was silly how they have the mm. Rangers um, wait, like Dawn armor for the motorcycles and the toys, and it just looks silly when they actually do it on the show in Jungle Fury. Yeah. Um, but what do we think of the Spirit Rangers here? I mean, okay, so I like the fact that the Masters are Rangers, but I think the cooler part of it is that they're not really the rangers they're avatars for the masters like the masters don't have to physically be there to have the ranger form be there and i think that's a pretty cool idea like it gives them a way to come and be a helping hand when they need like at some point if i'm not mistaken um the three primary rangers can call upon their master spirit ranger form when they need it and they're there to help. 
And I, I like that part a lot. I wish they did it more often, though. That's my only real complaint. Well, you gotta think about the budget right. for uh, Jungle Fury and how many different problems they had in production at the time. So I don't know if your notes have it, Nate, but I'm gonna put it in here anyway, just because um, Jungle Fury was a casualty of the writer strike going on in America. Yep. Back in 2008 or whatever. And for those of y'all back home, uh, Jungle Fury, like that, that was the same year that Heroes Season 2 was airing on NBC. Um, and that was, in my opinion, the downfall of many TV shows in that year. Like, Heroes never recovered after that that pitfall that they faced with season two. They got a little bit better here and there, but they could never recreate the magic of season one and the beginning of season two. And that's all because of the writer's strike. But unlike Heroes, Jungle Fury actually didn't suffer as hard, in my opinion. Anthony, you still there? Your video kind of cut out. Oh, he, he is AFK for a sec. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. No problem. Well, we could talk about the... Uh, the if, I do think that the Writers Guild strike had some effects on the early episodes, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, just good of you to bring that up. What was that? I have many thoughts on the Writers Strike and where it impacted the season the most. I do think that the big impact, though, not necessarily on Jungle Fury, is that it did lead to Jackie Marchand, who, keep in mind, had been on Power Rangers since uh, Turbo as, like, a writer. Mm -hmm. um, that actually led to her, I think, uh, get like getting picked off the show before RPM, because, like, because a lot of people thought that with Bruce Kalish leaving the show after this season... Jackie Marchin would get it just because, you know, she's been there since, like, you know, for, like, ten, oh, over 10 years. But Disney was mad that she participated in that writer's strike. So I think that was the biggest impact. Well, I think not only that, I think, I know a lot of, a lot of the writers, when they went on strike with the writer's strike, um, mm -hmm. they did continue working under pseudonyms as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know I don't know which of the writers did it for Power Rangers per se, but I do know that throughout the writer's strike in that year, whenever that happened, that the writers kept working, but under pseudonyms so they can still get paid later when everything was resolved while sticking to the moral high ground that they're looking for to get better conditions and better pay. Yeah. So I think they were still yeah. there. It does suck though how she got uh, kicked off because she was probably she was probably like the best person in the room during Bruce Cavish's era. Like she openly called out how bad Once a Ranger was, literally saying that Once a Ranger makes the main operation Overdrive Rangers look like part of my language here, assholes. That that's her specific wording, by the way. So and they are, but they are though. <laughs> yeah. So I mean yeah, I, I think she had a lot of issues with 
Overdrive and what they were doing, the direction they were going. She was probably like the one sane adult in the room at the time. Now, something to keep in mind, since we are talking about Jackie Marks, and I don't know, I'd have to go back and look into it more later, but I feel like she might have also had a contract with Disney up until Jungle Fury. And if you recall, Jungle Fury was supposed to be the proper end to the Disney era until Disney realized, oh, crap, we're contractually obligated to do one more season. So it might also be that her contract elapsed before the end. And that's why they had um, uh, Judd Lynn, but then he left and somebody else came in after I forget his name. No, well, for RPM, they brought in Eddie Gazellian and then fired him and then replaced Gazellian. him. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Edlin came in after Gazellian. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I got to yeah. make a video later on that talking about the troubled history of Power Rangers RPM. I, I learned a lot about RPM's history uh, very recently, actually, from another podcast that I follow quite a bit for Power Ranger stuff. Mm-hmm. And they go into pretty good detail on what RPM could have been had Gazellian stuck around. Mm-hmm. For example, we may not have had the uh, Andrus and Astronomer plot again. Yep. We, but we that's for another have, review. Yeah. That's for another that's for another podcast, I feel. Um if so to kind of go off the next fun fact here, which is interesting since this it was supposed to be the proper end, uh, for years, this season had no direct connections to any other, um, you know, uh, Power Ranger seasons. Uh, we never saw the Jungle Fury Rangers interact with their predecessors or successors. I mean, even Mystic Force, which, which never got a team up, you at least had Xander interact with, um, you know, the you at least had Xander for once a ranger there. So yeah. Mystic Force just had a tiny yeah. connection there. But in this case, there was no connection. Um, it would finally be rectified many years later in uh, Super Mega Force when uh, Jason Smith, who played Casey, uh, who was also a writer on the show, um, he reprised his role in a brief cameo in the episode Spirit of the Tiger, which is one of the very few good episodes of Super Mega Force, although. <laughs> Even that episode has its problems. I'm looking at you, Troy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Never let go of Never your let go weapons. weapons. <laughs> Never let go. Oh, I need to find that photo I made for Taco Sentai did Zeranger now. Oh, yeah, the let it go. <laughs> uh, I made a photo, a meme. Oh, man. That was of funny. Elsa holding the Gokai Sabres, uh, singing Never Let Go of Your Weapons. <laughs> and I have to go find it now. It's somewhere on YouTube. I know that. You, you, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely there. I think. Yeah. Just a fair warning. Now, uh, when I do the, when I get to that point, uh, when I'm doing my own little version of Super Mega Force, that line is burned. I am not going to put that line in. Well, the, yeah, because you have good taste. Yeah, of right. course. Um, a couple of that things about a uh, Robo Knight. If you have missed the fulfill thing, uh, so. yeah. A couple of uh, 
facts about the casting here. Um, so uh, David De um, Latour, Latour, I, I I always get his name wrong. I I I have met him in person though. He's really awesome. Metamorphicon. Uh, lucky, lucky. I met him in 2016. At Morphicon. Yeah. Sweet. I want to meet him so bad. In fact, he was actually leaving. Uh, he was actually leaving, and that was going to be his last day at the con. So I was probably like the last person to meet him at Morphicon 2016. Actually, he was getting all packed up, and he still let me meet him. So he was awesome. Hey, uh, nothing but respect for that man. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've also met uh, the guy who played Dominic Nikolai. Uh, it's. I don't know how to pronounce his last name either. So, but I get to try and tell you how to pronounce his last name. Yeah, like I've tried to look at it a couple times, but I just don't know. Um, yeah, I, I still want to meet the main three though. Although Anna Hutchinson does show up at a lot of cons, so at least meeting Lily isn't a, a. But anyway, uh, the guy who played RJ. Apparently, I saw this on the Ranger Wiki. He originally auditioned for uh, the role of Tizon, the Mercury Ranger, on Operation Overdrive. Which I don't know if I so would want to see him in that role. Thanks. God. <laughs> no, I'm glad he didn't get that role. Also, Anthony, your video died again. <laughs> I, I, I had a never. I had disconnection for some reason. Oh, okay. It's always yeah, weird. Sorry. sorry. It's always weird thinking about these actors in different roles. Like the guy who played Eric auditioned for Adam at one point and just barely lost it to Johnny Yon Bosch. Um, he auditioned for for um, Tommy too, actually. Oh, I didn't know that. I know he auditioned for Chad. Yeah. Lightspeed Rescue. Um, the only other one I can remember is that uh, the actress who played Gia auditioned for Emily in Samurai. Um, she didn't get it there in Samurai. She wouldn't have. She wouldn't have fit that role at all. Um, no, nothing to talk no. about there. Just wanted to bring up that. Um, you know, I don't think I've uh, uh, said this before, but um, because Power Rangers was being filmed in New Zealand at the time, believe it or not, we actually got um, a lot of actors who were in Lord of the Rings, because keep in mind, uh, the original Lord of the Rings trilogy was filmed in New Zealand. And I, I just feel the need to bring this up because I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings and I like to bring up these tie-ins. Um, this, uh, this season in particular had uh, three uh, people. Uh, Nathaniel Lees, who plays Master Mal. He was uh, Ugluck, um, who was in the... Second movie, The Two Towers. He's the leader of the Orakai that's taking Merry and Pippin back to uh, Saruman. He, and everybody knows who he is because he has the iconic line, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. That's Master Mal, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> uh, Bruce Alpris, who played Master Fant. Now, he doesn't say anything, but he plays a soldier of Rohan whose name is apparently Aldor. And he accidentally starts the Battle of Helm's Deep uh, when he loses control of his bow and shoots the first Orakai. Everybody remembers that. And uh, Bruce Hopkins, he voices one of the Five Fingers of Poison, Gakko. 
Uh, he is Gambling, who's uh, Th- King Theoden's right hand man, in the uh, in the Two Towers and Return of a King. Uh, he was also the voice of Chubo in Ninja Storm. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. And to kind of wound this up uh, before we kind of jump into just, uh, you know, talking about some uh, more of the review things, uh, we got a bunch of uh, actors who were in previous seasons. I just want to go a rundown. Uh, Sarah Thompson, who plays the main civilian ally, Fran. She was um, previously the voice of a monster of the day called Hydrax in Power Rangers SPD, and she also played the human form of said monster. Uh, Holly Shannon, who plays Camille, was Lily, a recurring character in Mystic Force. Uh, Flip the Fly is voiced by Kelson Henderson, because this is a Bruce Callish season, and one of the big traditions of Bruce Callish is that Kelson Henderson always has to play a comic relief character. He was Boom in uh, SPD, good character. He was Phineas in Mystic Force, yeah, you could have done without him. He was Norg in yeah. Operation Overdrive. No, 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 no. He was terrible. And what was it? What was his name? I guess he was a mentor character in Ninja Steel. I haven't watched it. His name is Mick. No, um, Mick, Mick Mechanic. Okay. Yeah, he actually did pretty good. Nah, I'm not even joking. his name. He was okay in that. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but. He will always be uh, Boom from SPD to me. Yeah, Boom was his best yeah. role. Yeah. And um, he also played a few monster roles, too. Uh, I know he played Devastation. My, one of my favorite monsters of SPDE, actually. Um, I kind of imitate was, his voice a little bit. Yeah. He was Mig, one of the Fear Cats in Operation Overdrive, too. Green Circle! <laughs> uh, Oliver Driver, who played Master Swoop, was the voice of the cat genie Jinji in Mystic Force. And he, he apparently still works on Power Rangers. Uh, he does a lot of uh, you know directing behind the camera now. Uh, Michelle Langstone, who was Master Gwen, was part of the main cast of Power Rangers SPD, uh, Cat Manx. Uh, really cool. Yeah. Uh, Whenever I was watching Single Fairy a couple of weeks ago before Christmas, I thought they looked familiar, but it wasn't until I went on Ranger Wiki that I figured out why. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool when I figured it out. Uh, Stig Eldred, who played Master Rilla, is he would serve as the narrator for the openings of every Neo Saban era season from Samurai to Dino Supercharge. And uh, finally, uh, Andrew Le- uh, Lying, uh, Master Lope, uh, he voiced several monsters, but uh, his two big roles is that he was the voice of Vengex and RPM, and by extension, Evox and Beast Morphers. And uh, with Robert Axelrod no longer with us, he is now voicing Lord Zed, at least he did in Dino Fury, so I guess we can assume that he'll do so in Cosmic Fury. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so that, um, I'm sorry that took up, you know, some time, but that kind of wraps up the fun facts thing. We can, uh, kind of dig more, uh, pun not intended here. We can actually dig our claws into this now. Um, 
So the story here, uh, we just went over the story. Um, I, I kind of want to break the ice here um, with it. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to say this in the Geki Ranger video that's going to get posted after this, and I'm going to maintain this throughout our Geki Ranger series. I think Geki Ranger has a better plot set up because my, my problem with Jungle Fury is that, you know, I think that Pi, the mythology surrounding Pai Shua is a little confusing because it's like, okay, they say that they formed the Pai Shua specifically to form Order of the Claw to be guardians of the Daishi. But, okay, so here's the problem. Like, why are there only three guardians of the Daishi? There were like six students in that class when Casey, Theo, and originally Jared, but then later Casey get uh, selected. So are there, are, is every class only like six students? Um, what happens to those three students that don't pass? Do they just get like their brains neuralized like in Men in Black? Uh, um, I think what happens is they all get trained in the way of the Paiswa and they're all given, you know, they all have an animal spirit. But I think the three best are given the job of handling Paiswa. And while they don't say it in Jungle Fury, I would have to guess that the others that are not selected maybe understudies or maybe backups for that generation. Mm-hmm. Um, also keep in mind, up until this point, the idea of Power Rangers and Paiswa did not exist until RJ did what he did. Yeah, so another reason we like RJ is because he's the reason we have Power Rangers in Jungle Fury. Yeah, my, my headcanon is that RJ knew Dr. Oliver and Haley, and he commits in Haley to create the uh, Silver Morphers for the Jungle Fury cast. That makes sense. Given yeah. he, said, he literally said in there, yeah, I had a friend of a friend of an uncle or a friend or something that made the Morphers for me. Yeah, he so, helped him I mean, tap, tap, tap in the Morphin Grid. He said, he said specifically he helped him tap in the Morphin Grid, specifically. Yeah, I mean, who, who better than Haley or Cam? That is true. Because Billy's off-world, as far as we know. Yeah. Um, and there's nobody else I would trust to do that, and SPD's that way later. Mm-hmm. So that's my headcanon on that. But no, I think I think the other students at a Swap retain some kind of role within the order even after they're not given the rank of uh, master or whatever to be the guardian. But then I don't know how the, this whole thing is set up. Like, we see that Jared was a student when he was a kid. And at the end of the series, we see Casey doing a beginner's class where it's nobody but kids except Jared and Camille. But Casey joins the Academy when he's a fully grown adult. And like... No, that's not correct. Casey's been with the Order most of his life, but he graduated through the ranks to get to the point where he's a towel boy as a side thing. I guess no, I don't. 
I don't mm, think mm, he just joined like that day or something. I think he's been around for years. But you do have to remember, Casey said he's only been here a week in the first episode. I remember him saying that. It's Theo. Theo was the one that's been that's been in Pashwal for like a couple years. Because they show a flashback of him of him training with uh, Master Mao. Yeah, but, but Theo was another problem because like. Theo says that uh, when RJ's giving them out weapons, Theo says he mastered the use of Tanfa in his second year. We see him training with the Tanfa in a flashback where he's hardly younger than how he is. So was Theo also kind of like, I, I, like, I don't know. It, I guess maybe you could say that there are special exceptions like how, you know, in Star Wars, like, uh, you know, they usually adopt Jedi to be Jedi when they're babies, but they make, like, an exception with someone like Anakin. Mm-hmm. Well, well, maybe it's that they're trained elsewhere, not in the Paisua order directly. And so it's like a feeder system or something to bring them from whatever baby Paisua school they have to the big boy league whenever they're old enough and trained enough. Mm-hmm. Because clearly Casey has some skill. Like he can't just go from complete rookie with no idea how Piceball works to being the Red Ranger. And yeah, I know RJ did a lot of training with him to get him caught up with the rest of the guys, but at the same time, he didn't start from square one. He started from like square five. But 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 I think the the big thing that does it for me that kind of puts Geki Ranger above this, just with the story, is that... So, we know that Pai Shua has been around for a while, because, like, Master Mao establishes that there were people there to defeat Dai Shi when he first rose to power. I want to know more about, like, the origins of Pai Shua, because, okay, a little bit of a... Actually, not really a big spoiler, because you probably figured this, but... In Geki Ranger, we are going to find out the origins of how Jukin came to be. Mm-hmm. So, the straight up, like, origins, and they go into a lot of details. Sorry about that spoiler, Riz, but you probably figured. I, I figured it out from our review of Geki Ranger. Yeah. So, like, up until this point for the audience, we've done episodes 1 through 11, and I haven't watched anything after just yet because... Well, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give the details, but let's yeah, just say no, but I, I I got the inkling of it from our review for that. So you didn't really spoil anything for me, at least. Yeah, and I'm now, like I said, I mean, I do think that Jungle Fury does the character stuff a lot better, but like with the overall plot, I think Geki Ranger has the stronger premise because it's about like two people with like two schools with like <clears throat> who follow the same type of fighting style clashing, like you know, in the same way that like you know, the battle between Jedi versus Sith. Yeah. So that and I then mean, take. what was that, Anthony? Go ahead. And then I, and then I also noticed that like they didn't really give like so well, I don't, I, no, I can't really, I can't really talk about it because it's kind of, it's kind of a spoiler for Riz. Like, as far as like the different names of different like stuff that they use for Geki Ranger is like not really present in Jungle Fury. Yeah. But like, 
I think the only two things that Jungle Fury meant, like as far as like power moves wise, I think it was Renzen, I think in um Sokato, I think it was called. I remember that, yeah. 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 But they never called the Rangers powering up. They never had referred it to whatever they had as a, you know, a special power or anything. So it was just kinda like it's like Really, y'all? Like, y'all gave these gave the villains like, cool names for their powers, but y'all didn't give Pashwa anything to, to call themselves when, whenever they use their powers for something? This feels like... The more y'all talk, this feels like we're, we're entering that territory of... Power Rangers does good with the moment, like, on-scene stuff. But I've noticed historically, before and after Jungle Fury... They don't do well with backstory development of like anything. So, yeah. for example, Samurai, you don't know Zack about any of the family stuff that came before it. Much yeah. like in Sinkinser, you don't know anything about the families there either. And it really frustrated us in the Sinkinser review. Um, same thing is true for like, how did Tommy get this ability to make dino eggs and dino zords and all this power stuff? Like, the explanations given in Dino Thunder for that are also very lacking, in my opinion. Um, and honestly, Nate, the arguments you're making for Jungle Fury kind of apply to Ninja Storm as well. Yeah. I, and even me, who's an avid fan of Ninja Storm, can actually attest to that, because I'm like, how... Like, we, like, like, how does it work? How did you pick these three to be the ones to represent the Rangers? Because you have to assume... That the the wind ninja rangers were not the first ones. That there were people before them that carried a power prior. Yeah, but then you you realize like they didn't even show us like how because we all know that they're, they're all three Tori, Shane, Dustin. They're all friends prior to Ninja Storm's even introduction. Why isn't that we haven't seen them first and to first actually join the Ninja Academy? I would have liked to seen that, like, oh, like, this is, like, maybe Sensei kind of sought them out and thought that, hey, these guys might be good ninjas. I don't know, like, or maybe they stumbled upon the dangers to the Wind Ninja camp by accident, and then Sensei was like, oh, not many people know about this location. I wonder how you three knew about it, blah, 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 you know, that type of thing. And this feels like a very Disney-era problem, and it continues to the Neo-Saban era, where we don't get a lot of information on where these powers come from what's the overlying underlying sorry mythology and lore for these different seasons and yeah i mean i agree with you all that there's a lot of things that we could have gotten a lot more detail on here in single fury but mm -hmm. i wanted to point out that this is not just something that single fury struggled with but i feel like the majority of the disney era and neo saban and beyond eras also suffer with um, I don't think the Saban era struggled as much as the others did, though. Yeah. No. Because everything up until the Z-Wave was all pretty well-defined. I had no issues with that, minus the Terrible Ranger powers. That will forever bug me why we didn't have Zeo <laughs> powers continue. Like, I get it. You ran out of Sentai footage if you want to pay them to do it again to make, you know, O-Ranger 2 footage, like how we did with Zeo 2 footage. But... The the end story answer to why doesn't exist and it bugs me. But beyond that, 
I, I would say that the Savant era handled this type of thing really well. Yeah, and even even with that Zeo thing, they originally had like a story that they wanted to explain the loss of the Zeo powers. They, it's just the Turbo movie was over like three hours long, and they had to cut a lot of content out. So, yeah, like, they kept those behind the scene things or like cut scenes that we could see, you know, like on a like extra DVD or something. Like, I yeah. think there was supposed to be like scenes where like Divatox destroys the Zeo and Super Zeo Megazords and. The Rangers lose their Zeo powers or something like, and that'd be better than them saying, "Oh, Cat got wet. We can't use his powers anymore." Mm -hmm. Like that's the only inference you have for why they lost the powers. Yeah, but but overall, this is a very Power Rangers issue, in my opinion. Yeah, but. The the things that you're bringing up, in my opinion, I just watched Uncle Fury again, like, a couple of weeks ago. Those didn't detract at all from my experience of enjoying it and ranking it in, like, my top three best pieces of all time. Okay, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think I'm going to make a really bold... I'm going to go into more detail at the end of the overall grade, but I'm... Okay, previously, I've said that my big three, like, the Holy Trinity for... Power Rangers is in space, time force, and SBE. Part of me really might be thinking about demoting SBE and promoting Jungle Fury into his place. It's like, I am well, really wow. saying that. It's not. We talked about it prior to being eight. I told you maybe a week ago that I wanted to vote my third, which at the time was Lightspeed. But the more I look like speed now after, I don't know, maybe it's been four or five years since I watched it the first time, but life speed has not aged as I've seen more Tokusatsu and more Sentai and more Rangers. And I think Jungle Fury has sealed its flame on spot number three, in my opinion. And, you wow. know, Time Force, Space, and Jungle Fury are, like, my top three after the Holy Trinity. Yeah. I, I think one of the big things... I don't have a section noted here in the review, but I do want to bring this up briefly. Jungle Fury, in my opinion, of the four Kalashira seasons, for those back home who don't know, Kalashira is everything from SPD to this season. Um, Jungle Fury has the best action scenes of any... Um, Alashira season because like okay SPD's action scenes could be okay. I mean a lot of their action was Sentai footage, so I mean say, the, the Sentai footage from Deco Ranger. Yeah. It's pretty phenomenal. Like I love the Megazord fights in SPD that they pull from Deco Ranger. Mm -hmm. Um those are really well done in my opinion. Um but when they had to use original footage, there was too much too many laser effects, too many... Uh, I, I don't think the Kalash explosions were terrible, but they could get bad in some cases of SPD. Um, that was the start of it. <laughs> that was it. That was started right there. Yeah. I mean, it didn't... The Kalash explosions didn't get terribly annoying until Overdrive to me. Oh, yeah. yeah I was about God. to get that. 
when Mystic Force, I watch some of Mystic Force action scenes and I want to like them, but why did you? Why do you add those stupid laser sound effects every time some every time the Rangers punch and kick a villain? Like, so I haven't watched the Neo Saban era in quite some time because I value my sanity. Uh-huh. But yeah. I, I was reading on Twitter earlier. Somebody mentioned that the Neo Saban era uses the same sound effects for every season even if it doesn't have any relevance to be there. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I can't say that I remember it per se, because I try to block out most of the Neo Saban era. I'm looking at Union's deal. But oh. um, I, I, I definitely want to mention that, yeah, this is something I've read, but I can't substantiate it because I don't want to go back and watch it. I will watch it at some point if we ever get around to reviewing those seasons, but are we? I don't think so. We'll put it off as long as we can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I want to like Mystic Force's action scenes, but I can't. Operation Overdrive, no. I, the few times that they use Bo Kinger action footage, okay, that's fine. But when they're not using it, everything explodes. Yeah, it's, it's everything. But this season, okay, this season has some Cal explosions. It does, because Bruce Cowles is the executive producer, and there's no getting around that, but I think it's really, I think they're really restrained, and they're only used for scenes to, like, de- to like show that the Rangers are being defeated or something. There's no laser sound effects during the punching and kicking, and a lot, and a lot of their action scenes are original footage, so they could have easily added those effects, but they don't. And that they did it tastefully here. Like, I think Disney figured out the formula for the Callous Explosions in this season, and they had really honed down, but then Callous was no longer with the team for the next season. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to give like a brief shout-out to the action scenes. I think Jungle Fury really brought it up to a new level. Yeah. Um, which normally I don't normally I don't want to give credit for the action scenes if they're just using the Sentai footage, but they're not using Sentai footage a lot of the time in Jungle Fury. So well, they can't because they have three new Rangers that are American footage. Yeah, and I mean you know the Spirit Rangers aren't there all the time. They're kind of there, inters- interspersed like throughout the last latter half of the season, like maybe in the last. 10 episodes or so. Mm-hmm. But they're done... All those scenes are new footage. Yeah. Uh, the finale is uh, a Sentai footage, stock footage, I can tell. But not, nothing before that is really all Sentai. Mm-hmm. And then you also know that like the whole reason why they use more American footage for Jungle Fury is because like in Geku Ranger, as we all know, John is not exactly like Casey. So nope. they have to use more American footage because in some of the Sentai footage, you can kind of see John being kind of like a a jungle boy, basically, and just being like... Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not always shown. The, the, the Sentai footage can sometimes show him, like, you know, looking 
heroic or like how Casey would be, but at the same time, it's not good for Sentai Switch for them to use because like he looks, he doesn't look like how he is at how Casey would act. Yeah. No. We'll 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 get to this in the next podcast. You'll hear my thoughts, but real quick, Don is a terrible. Friend. <laughs> You he want, is you want, you want, absolutely yep. terrible red so far. You you want to know something real funny though? Is that like in a later episode I've seen of, of uh, Geki Ranger? I won't tell you which episode it is, but like he gets he gets slapped by somebody, and I replayed it like three times because it was just it was just that funny to see him get slapped by somebody. Okay, I I didn't know I had this want in my life until now, but I desperately want to see Marvelous slap Zan. I just want to say Marvelous look at him and say, you're an idiot. (laughs) That would make my life. Which he is, and it's like... uh, Now, now, to be fair, I know you probably asked me why I thought J.K. Ranger was one of my favorites. It was not because of him. We'll we'll clear that up right now. He is not the highlight of that show. And we'll get to your thoughts on why in our next Geki Ranger podcast. We're going to yeah, open yeah. with that, and we're going to talk about this for a little bit. Because I have yeah, many just... questions that I want to ask you, <laughs> but like, not right now. I want to celebrate Dungle Fury. Yeah. The, the, the only other thing I'll say, okay, I, I wanted to briefly talk about the action scenes, but before we wrap up, like, I want to wrap up the plot whole thing. The problem, like, I think some of the issues with some of the, like, when it comes to, I think the perfect one is the story with how the they get their power up modes, the jungle master modes in this case. Oh God. <laughs> Whoops, sorry, I accidentally muted myself there. Um so we're we're funnily enough, we're actually gonna be uh reviewing that three parter in the next uh, batch of Geki Ranger episodes. It's great in Geki Ranger. I'm not gonna give it's any spoilers. Done so yeah. much better. Just in it's jungle done so much theory, better. I like what they're trying to do, but they execute it in the worst possible way. Like, they go there, and they have to face their fears, but it's not some big character study. Like, oh, Casey was afraid of this monster in his ha- in his closet. He's got to face that. Lily is afraid of spiders. And the, uh, okay, is a lit is actually a little bit of an in-depth thing, because he's worried about embarrassing hell himself. And, and then what's even worse is that, like, they're in the spirit world, and it's like, you can never leave, but we have to go fight Daishi. Oh, okay, you can go. Like, what? that's literally how that scene goes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go like on a quick tangent here about this, because this feels like the right time for me to talk more about the writer's strike. This is the point in the season where the writer's strike really impacted the story, in my opinion. This mm-hmm. stuff over here you're talking about, the entire Dom entry to the season, that's all been impacted by the writer's strike, in my opinion. Because Dom's entrance to Jungle Fury is really bad. Like, it came out of nowhere. Not, it's not bad. Like, I don't want to say that it's terrible, like in a bad way, like, oh, I don't like it. It just, it was boring. And. It didn't carry any of the gravitas that you would expect from the, well, okay, in this case, the fifth ranger, but the sixth ranger, for all intents and purposes, right? Like, he is the sixth ranger of the season. Yeah. But 
he had like he had no like there's no callous explosions of like yippee we have our sixth ranger there's like no importance to him he pops up he's kind of a jerk and he wants to join the team because he feels like that's his calling in life the team says no then casey realizes that he's not that bad and that's basically his story arc minus the one time where uh he falls for um lily's character and yeah like okay cool you fell for her but nothing really comes out of it except like him and Fran getting together later. Like they don't give him anything to do. He's Mm -hmm. not even like, he's not even exploited in the way like Tommy was or like Zane, where when you see the six ranger appear on the field, you know, sits about to go down. Yeah. Like he's just another ranger. Like there's no specialness given to him that, you know, makes him stand out. Trust me, the show tried its best to make it seem like he was, but he's not. Well, no, they didn't. They didn't even try. I mean, the whole thing with the whole, like, him trying to get that, that, that his, uh, Rhino's order, whatever, the Nexus okay. thing. That was, that would have been fine if they had given it, like, one more episode. Right. And they pulled this right out of nowhere in the penultimate episode where he was apparently Jared's roommate in their yeah, early years. Well, okay. You've seen Jared so, before. Why are you only just now mentioning this? No, 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 no. He mentions it earlier on very subtly because they have a sense of familiar, familiarity in an earlier fight scene when Jared sees Dom. Like, they acknowledge each other. They know, you know, that yeah. they're fighting against each other. But yeah, no, they could have they could have dug in there and like had Dom and Jared have like some more interaction and you know Dom feeling more remorse for what's happening. But Dom doesn't feel anything for him. It's like, oh cool, my former roommate from school is the big bad. Okay, cool. Now. Hey friend, how's it going? L- literally, that's what happens here. Yeah. I, like I said, Riz, wait until you start watching more Geki Ranger. You'd be like, wow, they actually handled the whole, like, it, like, it used something similar to that in Geki Ranger, but I can't tell you how or who, because, like, it's, it, but like I said, it's done way better. That's fine. I mean, I, I'll, I will wait and see. Um, but, no, I, I think the Dom's entry into the franchise was poorly done. The Rhino Door quest was not that great but i i attribute all of that to the writer strike because yeah. i have full confidence that if the writer strike had not happened these little things that i'm complaining about would not even be a complaint like yeah i will make a bold statement here that you will both cancel me for had the writer strike not happened i think this had potential to be better than time force and in space Oh, wow. Oh, I think that, too. I I firmly believe if they had maybe five more episodes and no writer's strike, Jungle Fury could have been the best Ranger season of all time. 
I don't yeah, think it would have been necessarily just because of the writer's strike, just because this is Bruce Callish and Bruce Callish doesn't care as much about quality, but I agree that it would have had the potential. So Callis didn't care about quality historically. I'm looking at you, Overdrive. But, mm-hmm. uh, but he did something right here. He magically got hit on the head. He found a good path. And he grew into being a good force for the, for the franchise at the end. And like, then also... You can't, you can't okay. take that from him. Like, everyone... Like, you know, Power Rangers is all about growing up. Like, you see that with almost every season that, you know, they have to overcome some obstacle, they have to do something. I give Callus the same, the same courtesy of, hey, we get it. You didn't have good quality in the past, but you finally figured it out. Go ahead, Anthony. I was going to say was that, um, and you've noticed it, like, for Jungle Fury, it took them a while to get another ranger on, on into the group with RJ because like they took their time with just giving us the three rangers. They didn't do like how they did with um other seasons of um Power Rangers where they gave us like a new ranger like every four for uh, that fourth or fifth episode or like the um eleventh episode with that uh, with the uh, Trent from Down Thunder. They took their time that Jungle took this time well, to give us more rangers and I appreciate that. I think I think the thing here is the the Time and dedication they gave Arj a, like where he was not a ranger, but he was a mentor, he was a main character, he was around. Trent had a lot of that too prior to being the white evil ranger. In my yeah, opinion. but but not but not as well as like RJ did because like I do appreciate the fact that they did take their time with introducing Trent before he became the ranger too. But it's but like I said, he didn't become the ranger and ranger till like episode eleven or twelve, I think, of Dino Thunder. But in, oh, in Jungle Fury, RJ doesn't become a ranger till like episode fifteen or sixteen. I mean, I think is, I think sixteen. This is I think Eon. 16. This is Eon's better than Key or Ranger, which I know you've seen Anthony, but you haven't, Nathan. But dear God, <laughs> they really, really rust. Things a lot. I told yep. you. What did I say? I, I I try to tell people that they rushed through all the rangers. Like they they gave us too many rangers too soon. And like episode eight or nine right now, and we already have our sixth ranger, quote unquote. Like we have nine rangers, and now we got ten in yeah. the span of like eight episodes. Yeah. And some of the rangers we already had haven't even had a focus episode yet. Like, that's not the way I want to see a Sentai or a Ranger season go. And, yeah, my, my point for bringing it up is I'm glad they didn't do something like that for Jungle Fury. Yeah. Thank God, because, like, like I said, he, like I said, like, like Riz just said, it took him, like, what, maybe three or four episodes to get all, to get all nine of them, but then, like, you know, eight, you get ten. It's like, it's going to be at least... For a while until like they introduce the last last member, which is like, you won't see until like late. But I, I forgot how how late it is, but it's it's still bad. Fine, I'll tell you when I get there. Okay, because I'm uh, I'm working through that right now. I, I, I as a side thing because it sounded interesting. Good good luck. <laughs> it's very lucky. 
Uh, to kind of jump into a uh, different subject, I think we've talked about our thoughts on the plot and writing of story overall. Uh, let's talk more about characters. Uh, we can talk about the villains a little bit. Um, I don't want to talk too much about um, like the side villains, like the overlords, Carnosaur, Jellica, and Grizaka. They're not. They're just. They're just people. Phantom Beast and overlords, real quick, and move on to the important things after. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to say that, like, the three overlords, their characters in Gekki Ranger are much better. I can't go into much spoiler territory. They're, they're, I don't remember anything that any of them did. And yeah, they don't even they don't even give Jellica a great like at least Carnosaur and Grizaka get defeated by in like epic Megastore battles like. Jellica, mm -hmm. it's like she releases the Phantom Beasts. They like kill her, like in the middle of an episode, just unceremoniously, and then that's it. Like well, she's been the villain for like ten episodes, and that's <laughs> how. I, I think I was okay. Wasn't Jellica the one that was defeated by Camille? Mm -hmm. I I was okay with that, honestly. Like I didn't mind that because not every general of the enemy forces has to be defeated by a megazord i think it's all nice range, to see every now i think it's nice to see sometimes internal fighting with the villains or a one-on-one -on -one sword fight with maybe one of the rangers in the villain and it ends in a callous explosion where the villain dies i'm okay with that i'm yeah. cool with her not being defeated by a megazord my issue is that like, at least have her be killed by Camille or Jared in some big epic one-on-one -on -one battle. Not just have her be unceremoniously killed by the Phantom Beast. Like, she doesn't even get to say anything. Like. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it as much as you do, I think, then. But the three overlords in general, like, I mean, first of all, I don't even, okay... They kind of fill the role that their Sentai counterparts do, except they don't because, okay, the they're called the de they're called the fist demons in Geki Ranger, and let's just say that they play a big part in like the myth. Well, okay, first of all, and Riz can probably figure this out based on you know what he's seen of Geki Ranger so far. Rio brings them because he's trying to train to become stronger. So he yeah. wants to get training from each of those people to get stronger. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think Riz can infer oh, that. Does too. Yeah, but it's Dai Shi who's getting the training. Why does Dai Shi need training from these people when he was their I boss? I think the answer here is Dai Shi was defeated years ago and sealed away. And when he came back and inhabited Jared's body, he lost some of his power along the way. Okay, I can buy that. I just I don't know. I feel I like think, I think he lost some of his power and he was not full he was not full strength. Even at the end, I don't think he was full strength. Not like he was prior to being sealed away. Yeah, so. but I just think I just think the fist demons are better characters, but I can't go into more detail. I'm sure Anthony will agree with me. Can, can, yeah, but can we like just talk about this one thing? So like, I'm basically on the episode now where I'm like watching the marathon of uh, Jungle Fury. It's on the episode where 
Casey meets that kid who takes his money, and like uh, while Jared slash Daishi is getting trained from the Sky of Lore console, and yeah. it's a weird one where like he's taking him back in time, and he's like, "Oh, I did this when I was a, a, a good person," and he's like, "No, you didn't. Like, yes, I did. Psh, no, you're evil now." Like, how does that work? <laughs> like, he can't. Like, he, I don't think he's a travel time travel per se, but maybe he he twisted his mind to make him evil well, his flashbacks? those are flashbacks right yeah yeah that, that wasn't time yeah. travel that was just flashback but it's but it it felt like were they like were they trying like to make it seem like he didn't do all those things or was it just like he was or was it just console just manipulating this is a second and hide case where diocese dr hyde no second and Jared is Dr. Hyde, and Dicey is trying to take control of Jared completely, but the good in Jared, what little we knew that would be there, um, he's trying to resist. And I think Dicey is trying to erase the idea of what Jared did in the past from his memory to make it easier to control him. Yeah. That, that, that's my take on it, anyway. Oh, um, yeah. But what about the... With the Phantom Beasts... I, I mean, the Overlords are, are just boring, but I think the Phantom Beasts are also just a case where the Sentai is better. I can't give much... To, like... Okay, I don't remember. I will, de- I will definitely, I will definitely agree with you on this one, Nate, because they, because the, the the Japanese version of these these characters were definitely done way better. I don't remember. Opinion. I don't so, remember well, Snapper yeah. doing anything. And to be fair, I don't remember Snapper's counterpart in Geki Ranger doing much of anything either. No, he didn't do much. Weiger is horribly watered down compared to his oh, yeah. counterpart. Like it's not oh, even. Yeah. I, I can't even begin to say, and I can't talk about it that much cause, without giving spoilers, but let's just say that, like, Weiger, his counterpart is great, and Scorch, <laughs> Scorch compared to his Sentai counterpart, that's, uh, well, for, I can't go into detail because Riz is in here and he can't hear the spoilers, but right. let's, mm-hmm. let's just say that Scorch versus his counterpart, like, Bloodbath? Yeah. Bloodbath. It's okay. it's a massacre. It's a massacre. Okay. So I will say this. Uh, going back to Jungle Fury, no Geki Ranger analysis here, because we'll do that later. The Overlords and the Phantom Beast were fine villains in that they provided a decent threat to our Rangers. Mm. But honestly, I watched Jungle Fury two and a half weeks ago, right before Christmas. And I struggle to remember anything useful about these guys two and a half weeks later. Like, mm-hmm. none of the generals were really that fascinating to keep my attention and make me be like, oh, this is another Ecliptor. Oh, this is another, um, you know, Deviant from Lost Galaxy or something. These guys had no personality, really. I mean, they had personality, but it wasn't interesting, at least not to me. Maybe the early Zordon era kind of spoiled us for like giving us good villains back in the day, and like right now we're just like, 
and nothing can really compare to those. <laughs> I mean, there's some good villains that came later, like yeah. I, I think Grum's a great villain. I think Mezogog is a great villain. Oh yeah, Mezogog's Del- amazing I think, villain. I think Deltrax did a really good job being a villain too. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how he is an Abba Ranger, but you know. He is complicated in Abba Ranger. He is very but, complicated. But the point is, we've had good stuff since the Zordon era. But if you want to ask my honest opinion on the faults that Jungle Fury has, it's the generals in Jungle Fury and the Dom storyline that are the biggest hits, in my opinion, to Jungle Fury. Um, with with the main villains, because these are obviously the villains that Jungle Fury wants us to care about the most. Yeah. Jar- Jared and Camille. I mean, th- those are the main course. We just finished the appetizers. Let's get to the main course. Um, so here's the thing about Jared. I want to like Jared because I think because, OK, Jared is a good villain. I, I, I don't want to understate that. I like Jared, but here's my problems with him. So I like what they do. He was a jerk who was like real, like, you know, okay, he was bullied as a kid. He had a really rough upbringing and that turned him into a jerk. And then he get, and then that leads to him getting involved in something bad where, you know, he gets possessed by an evil spirit and when he's shown the face of like somebody who's way worse than he ever was, it causes him to realize how big of a jerk he is. But the problem I have with it is that there's no mental struggle. Okay, but so he Rio is easily a better character because Rio is doing all, all of this out of his own free will. It's Rio, just straight up Rio. Jared is possessed by Daishi most of the time. And I wish there was more in mental struggle between like is it Daishi or Jared like you know could we get like at least a couple of scenes every once in a while where like like I don't know like I mean okay maybe uh, like with Yu-Gi-Oh for example with Merrick how you know he starts off as a jerk but then he gets taken over by his evil Yami Merrick side and then we see struggles with him like okay I'm using Yu-Gi-Oh as an example but like but like, it's this. I wish that Jared had more of a mental struggle, and that's what really pulls him yeah. down. And I can't put him in my top. And I can't. Maybe I could put him in my top ten, but he's no. He's not. He's no Trakina or Astronomer. That's for he's sure. He's not Rantic. Yeah. I mean, no. I agree with you. He's not. He's not the best of the villains in the franchise, but. I, I like the idea they're going for here with the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde approach. Um, I don't know Rio that well, so I'm not going to comment on him too much, except to say it's a very common thing to have a villain who is there because he is evil or she is evil. It's a very... It's not as common to have somebody possess by an ancient spirit and you know struggling to maintain control either way either the ancient spirit has control or the host has control and i think that deserves the respect 
that they tried something different here and maybe the writer's strike uh, impacted this too. Maybe it didn't, but I definitely agree that we needed more strife between the two. I mean, honestly, we probably needed some stuff throughout the season just sewing more of Jared regaining consciousness of from Dicey and then Dicey reeling him back in. We got it a little bit here and there, but every now and then it just felt like it wasn't it wasn't all that much. I mean, there are parts I find when I'm watching it where you can tell around like episode 20 when the uh, Phantom Beasts are more active than Dicey and they're doing stuff. You can kind of start to tell that Dicey and Zared are not happy with them. And you can kind of see Zared breaking out more and kind of showing this bit of remorse, but it's not... It's not very prominent. And, but but I do want to give credit. I think his struggle in the finale is the thing that keeps me from, is the one thing that makes me call him a, vi- a really a decent villain. Because like, I like the struggle he goes through in the finale where he's free of Daishi and they're trying to convince him to help them defeat Daishi. And, you know, they're trying to say like, Jared, you can do better. And then Jared was all like, really? I mean, I was a jerk before I got possessed by Daishi. So am I really that great of a person? Am I really worthy of doing all this? So I think that's a great struggle. It's a great struggle. And it's a great anti-hero struggle. That's not a great villain struggle at that point. Yeah. That's like Vegeta after he gets his ass kicked by the Saiyans, like Goku and them, and he starts to, you know, help the good guys more, but he's still conflicted on, I want to be a bad guy, I want to be evil, but I'm not evil anymore. I'm I'm a good guy. Yep. It's like that. It's just the anti-hero. But when he was dicey prior, he was a villain, but... The struggle while he was a villain did not really exist as much then. It definitely existed at the end, like you said, though, in the finale. So, uh, like, do we, could we put Jared in the top ten? I don't, top five, definitely not, but... Um, okay, so top five in no order for me, because I'm just going to rattle them off as I can think of them. Astronomer, Trakina, Rancic, Lord Zed, Mezagog. Yeah, that would be my top five. Uh, what about you, Anthony, for top five villains? Uh, definitely Rancid. He's one of my top. Um, uh, yeah, Rancid is also in the top. Like, uh, I'll Mezagog, de- Mezagog, definitely. Um... Astronomer 2, and, well, of course, obviously Astronomer. Um, Astronomer on the list, or we're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be on the list. Come on, now. I met, I met this woman. Like, <laughs> yeah, I still don't like you for that. 
Power Morphicon, I'm coming. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Um, Maybe she'll show up here I, in Atlanta. Dude. I know, Trukina too. Trukina, Trukina, and um, and Lord Zed. Now, just a note on the Lord Zed part. This is Lord Zed prior to the wedding. Correct. Lord Zed after the wedding, he falls quite a bit, in my opinion. Damn soccer moms. I would probably have those, uh, everyone, like, I'm trying to think, could I put anyone there instead of Lord Zed? I think we can all agree that Rancic, Krakina, Mezagog, and uh, Astronema are there. Um, yeah, I think that's Lord Zed, if you don't want Lord Zed there, your next best option is probably Vinzix. Yeah. Vinzix or Grum, yeah. Or, or Grum. I don't know. I don't like Grum as much, but that's no. my take. I don't hate him, but he's he's not, not he's not top five worthy. No, Vincic no, no. could be, but I also don't think he's as good as Lord Zed. Now I will say this in relation to Jared. Jared slash Daishi is the best villain that Bruce Kalish ever wrote in his tenure. That's but that's fair. not but that's not saying much. Well, well, is it though? Because okay, like let's he started SPD, right? Okay, I mean, Grom is just boring, and Broodwing is exactly like his Sentai counterpart. The best villain in Mystic Force is Korag, but he's just a carbon copy of his Sentai counterpart. And like with okay, I like the Fear Cats from Operation Overdrive, but even then, they're just copies of the Questers. From Bo Kinder. the only original villain that he does is Flurious, and and Flurious is a horrible I, villain. I did not like Flurious at all. He spends most of the series doing nothing and then whining about how he's accomplished nothing. And it is hard for me to be intimidated by him when he looks like the demented grandpa of Arnold Schwarzenegger's version of Mister Freeze from Batman and Robin. Flurious. <laughs> Ice one. <laughs> the ice one? Yeah. Okay. No, no, I swear. He is related to Arnold Schwarzenegger's version of Mr. Freeze. He's just he he's his demented grandpa that's always shaking his fist at the clouds. Like I can that's see literally that. who he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. get your crazy kids! <laughs> What do we think of Camille, though? Okay, like I'm gonna, Camille. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. Camille is a great like character. I like her devotion to Dicey. I like her devotion to Jared. I think she brought a good balance of chemistry for the villain side because she's there to serve Dicey, and she's not gonna be persuaded by the overlords or the phantom beast or whatever to do what they want still do what's in the best interest of their dicey because that's her love interest that's with, all that, <laughs> with all that said i'm only 11 episodes in but i think the sentai counterpart is better yeah Fair. but not the same even, even, even i agree with that 
like I'm not gonna say you know I'm not gonna say anything bad about Camille. Camille's a great character. I, I love her. No, definitely. But yep. I, I think I think what's her name? Melee. Yeah, melee. 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 I think melee just did it better, and that's just that has more to do with. Camille has a devotion to Dicey, and Camille could have been melee level good had the the attraction and the romance that she felt for him been more prominent. And then you also kind of notice that like the only reason Camille like is is devoted to Daishi is only because, you know, she's his boss. And then, like, when she meets him again as Jared, she gets turned on immediately by him just by looking at him like, oh, yeah. Daishi, you have a nice, nice body. You know, that's basically what she said in, lame, in layman's terms. Like, you know, she said, oh, you have magnificent new look you have. But let's just be honest. She, she, was, she, she wanted him. I mean, that's fine. I, I'm not opposed to that. No, me neither. Um, I just think that there is some stuff that could have been more emotionally charged with her. Yep. Yeah. Because you get a backstory of how, like, they, how those, how real and melee meet. I'm not sure if you, if we got to that point yet in the show, in the yeah, series? Yeah, we did. Um, okay, so yeah. Um, so there's a least... reason behind her devotion. Yeah. Uh, we could go into a brief thing. I, I do want to give uh, at least one of these characters a shout-out because I think she deserves it. Uh, before we move on to the Rangers, because talking about the Ranger characters is going to take up the bulk of these uh, character things, let's briefly talk about the supporting characters. So we have two supporting characters, mainly. Uh, first one, she's we have to talk about her. She's in the opening credits, uh, Fran. And then we also Brand. had the Pai Shuan Masters. Um, I, believe it or not, I'm actually going to say that Fran might be my favorite supporting character. May, I don't want to say that she's better than Bulk and Skull, because, you know, Bulk and Skull is Bulk and Skull. But she's pretty damn close, in my opinion. Because, okay, for starters, her actress is adorable. Um, I, I love her actress. Um, and let's be honest, she has social anxiety. If you say that you can't relate to Fran, you're lying to yourself. So Fran is probably the best civilian ally next to Balkan Skull. Um, the owners in Balkan Skull have a higher place on the list. It's because their tenure goes so far. And they've done so many different things to develop their characters from being the high school bully to being the ranger's greatest ally at the end of uh, Countdown to Destruction. But Fran, dear God, I love Fran. Fran is like the sweetest character in the world. And I felt so bad for that poor baby every time the ranger yeah. dipped out to go save the world. And she's left to run the entire parlor by herself. And she does it. She never once is like, I don't want to do this anymore. I quit. She's just like, well, I guess they're gone again, so it's up to me. Yay me. And she does it. Yeah. 
And I, I think that's admirable. And honestly, I just want to hug her. I just want to give her a big old hug. Right. And, <laughs> um, and mind you, like, she, she doesn't even and, know that they were Rangers prior to all them leaving all of a sudden. But, that, but since they, she now knows, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to help. I'm going to like stick around and, like, you know, about to save the world or whatnot. And once she becomes aware of their identity as Ranger, See, okay, so RJ's mentor, but I make the case here that, see, the RJ's the ranger mentor. I think Fran is more of the interpersonal mentor for their personal well-being and their interpersonal conflicts. Whenever stuff goes down, like when everyone's giving Dom a lot of crap about being there, she's the one that points out to them, did any of you really give him a chance, like a real chance? And that's what gets them thinking, oh, wait, we didn't. Like, and I think, I think that's the reason why she's great, because she's a comic relief character, but she adds some stuff to the story. Because another thing you don't mention here is that he helps RJ get over the issues that he's having with his, with like turning into a werewolf that helps him become a ranger. So... She does make contributions to the story, and absolutely, one hundred percent. And it's not there's an episode where Lily becomes, I guess, a bad girl. Oh, oh, I love that! I love that episode. Oh yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah, but she, but she really she... while she was being bad, and it was. <laughs> she goes on against Lily is so badass. I love that. And I love how she takes Lily's morpher and says that she's Anything you're saying right now. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Do you hear us now? Sorry about that, guys. Technical difficulties here. Anthony, you good? Hey, Anthony, do you hear us now? Do you hear us now? Not you now. Okay, okay cool. We know what happened happen there, person. but yeah. No, but like I said, like she, she was willing to take Lily's morpher and do it herself. Yeah, and I thought that was badass. I honestly was praying that for one episode, Fran was the Yellow Ranger, just because I want to see Fran have that development, because that'd be a great like confidence boost to her character. And, you know, comic relief characters aren't always necessarily inherently annoying. Like, like, okay, you can make comic relief characters fine. Like, okay, the problem that I have with co some comic relief characters is that they're just goofy because, like, okay, I hate Dax, but Dax is a bad character because there's no reason for him being goofy other than just, we need a goofy ranger, let's just make him goofy. Fran being a comic relief character, she's goofy because she's naturally goofy. She has a lot of social anxiety. Like, there are natural character traits with her. It feels natural with her. So, I don't think... So, she works, in my opinion. So, Fran, Fran works on many different levels. She takes the role of life coach to the team. She takes the role of, like... 
supporting character to help when they need to go run off and do something. She's there to cover the store. And, you know, that that's the only way the pizza parlor as the base works for them is because they have Fran. If they didn't have Fran, they couldn't run a pizza parlor on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, yeah, you're right. There's some There's some civilian allies that they do work. Fran is an excellent example. Bulk and Skull work really well for what they are. Um, Cassidy and Devin also work pretty well, in my opinion. But then there's some characters that just... I want to slap them. Look at it. What are those guys? You need to steal Victor and Monty. What are their names in Beast Morphers, Ben and Betty? Ben and Betty were not as bad as uh, Victor and Monty. I know, I know. Um, um, Anthony, did you want to add anything about uh, Fran? Well, I, she's just badass. That's all I can really say. Would you say that she's on par with like Bulk and Skull as a supporting character? Oh, most definitely. Okay. Uh, do we want to talk about the Paishwa Masters as characters? Because, I mean, some of them are good. Like, I think Master... Okay, Master Finn, I think, is the best because he has his whole relationship with RJ because they're father and son, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. Those three from the Spirit World, you only see them in two episodes, so... The, the Spirit World Masters are not worth talking about. They're just no. kind of they're there. Not, they're, they're not. But, but of the... Of the Spirit Ranger Masters, I definitely think Master Finn's the best. I also just think Master Swoop is awesome. Oh, Master Swoop. He might be my favorite. Oh, yeah. He is awesome. Oh, yeah, I like him, too. He has a very Keanu Reeves Matrix type of vibe going for him, which I love. That's kind of funny, because like, I was watching this like um, this guy on YouTube, and he literally said, oh, Mr. Anderson, when he was like watching uh, his introduction to Master uh, Swoop. That's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, oh, so he, he is like, uh, Neo, not like Neo from The Matrix. I, I can't remember what Master Swoop Sentai counterpart is, but we'll find out in the next Geeky Ranger video. I do remember what... Uh, what I like Sharky Chan. I, I wouldn't say that he's better than uh I think Sharky Chan was cool, but I mean Master Finn is also great. Those two characters are great in their own right. Uh we've already seen the elephant and <laughs> Master Finn is better than the elephant. <laughs> Thank God they didn't make him into Master Roshi. Oh, that would uh, be terrible. That's, that's literally what the elephant dude is in Geki Ranger. He's Master Roshi. Except he's worse, because he's got a big trunk on his face, so he's able to... I, I don't want to... I can't say anything else. I'm going to get your review. Let, let, let's, let's move on from that. Yeah, yeah please, please, yeah. yeah Master Mao. Do, do we want to say anything with him? He, he's okay. I mean, I like his scene at the end where he is telling Casey to not go after Jared. Mm-hmm. Um... He's also like the, I think he's the second or third person up until this point to have died in Power Rangers. Yep. Like one of the yes, good guys. Mm-hmm. Kendrick died, but she came back to life. 
Master Mao died, he came back as an ethereal spirity thing. Kind so, of like a kind of like a Jedi. Yeah. Okay, but, what's go ahead. I was gonna say, look, this is basically the closest we're gonna get to Power Ranger Jedi Force. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the things that we always look for. The most important part of Power Rangers, the Power Rangers characters. Um, we're going to go one by one. Uh, we, we don't have to talk about the Spirit Rangers because, you know, they're, they're not actual Ranger characters. So we're only going to talk about five, which, for the record, I think having only five Rangers, um, and especially only having three for like half the series works more to Jungle Fury's advantage, because with less Ranger characters, you can give more focus to the f- five that you have. Um, say for we'll say for one, but we'll we'll, we'll get to him. We'll, we'll get to him. <laughs> I think one general rule here is let's judge these guys on their own merit and not on the Sentai counterpart. Yeah, we'll save that for the versus review we do later. Although I I just want to get this out of the way. The main three, all three of them are better than their Sentai counterparts, but that's besides the point. We will delve into that when we get there. Yeah. I want to give I want to give something of a surprise for the um, listeners back home when we get to that podcast. Uh, anybody want to open up with Casey? Okay. So, like I mentioned earlier, my holy trinity of PR seasons has recently changed to have Jungle Fury in that Holy Trinity. Now, much like that Holy Trinity, um, the Holy Trinity of Reds I had prior was Andrus, Wes, and Carter. I'm sorry, Anthony, but Carter has been booted out of the Holy Trinity. Wow. And, and Casey has moved in. The disrespect. <laughs> no, but I understand, though. I Casey, understand. I don't know if I agree with that, but I understand. Yeah. Casey demonstrates all the qualities of a red that you want. And he has the advantage over the experience of Andros, because Andros is a veteran ranger by the time he got to uh, the events in space. But here, Casey is literally, as they call him, a cub. He is very new to the higher level Paisal fighting techniques. He is very new to the martial arts that underlie what he does. Mm. And he has to work really hard to gain the respect of his team and his mentor. And to do that, he has to work extremely hard and take all the indignities from RJ's training including fixing his sofa and mopping the floor and all that. Um, But he does it. And through the season, he grows to be on par with Lily and Theo in terms of their fighting skills. And I think the strongest point of Casey as a character development was when he wasn't granted the rank of master with with Theo and Lily. And he had to go on his own character journey to figure out what they were looking for that he wasn't doing. And that gave us, in my opinion, one of the best 
choreographed fight scenes in the franchise. Yeah. So I have nothing but respect and ad admiration for Casey as a character. Sorry, Carter. <laughs> You've been put into the top five. I don't know if I could. <laughs> I don't know if I put Casey ahead of Carter. No. I, I'm completely sympathetic with what you have to say. I just think. I mean, okay, Carter is a style guy. Casey is more substance. So. Um, okay, so Carter is like a Captain America type of character to me. He's the all-around American hero. He he stands up for what's right. But what you get at the beginning with Carter is basically what you get at the end with Carter. Mm -hmm. mm. He doesn't grow. He doesn't have to adapt. He doesn't have to change who he is. He doesn't have to do anything to really gain the trust of his team. He starts out as this great character, and he ends as a great character. But Casey has to go through a journey, and that journey is a difficult journey. It's not an easy thing to do. And I think, um, you know, I'm going to go into more detail when I do my Bruce Cowish video. But Bruce, if you, I don't know if any of you guys noticed this, but every Red Ranger from Bruce Cowish's season has the same rookie red guy in unfamiliar territory because Jack was a criminal, then he became a cop, SPD. Nick was the new guy in Briarwood, didn't know anybody, and then he became a ranger. Max didn't yeah. really, yeah, okay, whatever. You gotta talk about that. I think Casey is the best out of those five. First of all, Casey is a huge reason why I'm now considering putting Jungle Fury ahead of SPD because I think Casey is a much better Red Ranger than Jack. Um, oh, I wow. think, but you don't think so, Anthony? I mean, it's kind of hard because I like both these characters for different reasons. I just don't feel like one is better than the other one, in my personal opinion. So, but I think, fair. but I think with Casey, like. He's someone that we can all relate to because, you know, he because it's not just a matter of him not being, you know, just being the new guy. He also lacks self-confidence and, you know, he, you know, he is afraid that he's not good enough, but we really see how he's damn good. I mean, he's the first one that unlocks Jungle Master Mode. Yeah, so, that's true. Which, thank God the series doesn't spoon feed that, spoon feed that to us and that's more subtle character development. But uh, of course, go say, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, KC definitely props this up for me. I, yeah, definitely. Would you put him in your top five at least, Anthony? I would, okay. The only other thing I'm gonna say is that okay, Barkeep, the Onyx Tavern. Podcast, which okay, for the record, in the unlikely event that he's watching this, I know that he has to take care of his uh, baby girl now. But Barkeep, I love you, man. But why did you put? Okay, you said that you think that Casey is one of the top five worst Red Rangers. Like, why? Can you post that video again? It got taken off of YouTube. We want to hear your logic. Could you post that video again, please? I want to know what he's thinking. Yeah, and there and like 
I actually know um know a YouTuber by the name of ASD Classified. He said he hates Jungle Fury. He does not like the show and like the characters, like any of it. Like he hates it. Like you, have, I can find a video, like find a link to the video to the video that he posted about that. And it's like wow, he like just does not like the season at all. Like interesting. Um, we can move on to a yellow Lily, uh, who is. Uh, Objectively and factually, the greatest Yellow Ranger of all time. You can ch- and you know what? Anybody who wants to challenge me on that, come at me. I will debunk every single argument that you have to make. Lily is the best Yellow Ranger. And I will I will agree with you here on a technical and if you're putting a grade on it, yes. If you're going to ask me for the best Yellow Ranger in the Riz world. That belongs to Zia Moran. Okay, okay. Of course. <laughs> Just saying, man. I'm loyal. I know, I know. I... <laughs> um, but, but no, Lily is an amazing yellow ranger, and I oh, think yeah. she is the best, the best yellow we've had. Um, like, when it comes to the quality of yellow ranger characters, it's Lily, Kira, and honestly... Huh? RPM. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Summer. 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 Yeah. Summer. I'm thinking of her actress name Rose. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Carry on. No, but I just think that you know, um, like, first of all, Anna Hutchinson is a great actress. I think she acted the role really great. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just it in a lot of ways, you know, watching the series over again for this little review section, she's a lot like. Izzy with uh, from uh, Dino Fury, where okay, I think of the main three, she doesn't have a character arc, she probably gets the least development out of the main three. I mean, we do get some great character episodes, like that episode where uh, Camille pretends turns into like a regular human, and then Lily thinks that like she's too weak because she got screwed by Camille easily, which is a great episode, but. I just think in general she just gives good vibes. Like she is someone who I would genuinely want to be friends with. Okay, so here's here's the thing about Lily. Lily Okay, so let's talk about and I'm probably gonna do this in every review where we talk about like the characters that arranged just as a reminder to the audience. So bear with me a minute. The trope we're following for regular rangers up until now has been tomboy, um, like Trini and um, Maya or yeah, uh, Katie, for example. They're all more tomboyish, right? They're not girly girl. They're not more feminine. The thing about Lily, though, is she is a tomboy in that she's able to hang with the guys. She can take a hit. But the thing that's unique about her is she also is able to demonstrate her feminine side in a really cool way with her dancing. Mm-hmm. And that is a trait more commonly known to be given to the Pink Ranger. And I think it's cool that the writers found a way to handle not having a second female on the team by letting Lily represent both tropes that you are used to seeing in this kind of thing. So, 
I, I I applaud them for that, first of all. Second of all, I just think Lily is a fantastic yellow because her personality is so great. She's friendly, she's caring, she's a badass. I mean, see she learned to use that big ass uh axe really quick from the uh, master fant mm-hmm. and she can go head to head and see beat him in her master fight like you know she can take a hit and she can put, give it back real good oh yeah i would say she's probably the best female character out of any of bruce cavish's rangers too because like okay I really hate to say this, but Bruce Cowish's teams all have the same... With Jungle Fury, it doesn't fit nearly as perfectly because Jungle Fury only has like a three-man core team, so it can't fit perfectly in. Unlike SPD, Mystic Force, and Operation Overdrive, who all had five Rangers um, as part of the core team. Uh, Like, there's the tomboy and the girly girl. Like, for SPD, the tomboy is Z, the girly girl is Sid. And... Mystic Force, the tomboy is Vita, the girly girl is Madison. Okay, I don't know how I could fit that with Operation Overdrive. I guess you could say Ronnie's the tomboy and Rose is the girly girl. Like, um, Okay, so the Pink Ranger trope has two different ways you can go with it. So if you look back, Kimberly, Kat, Cassie are all really feminine characters, right? But Hendrix is more bookwormy. Uh, Alyssa from Wildford is more bookwormy. So Rose fits that archetype more of being bookwormy. Yeah. But but I think Lily is more unique because like Bruce Cowish wanted to put in both character archetypes within her, and it works perfectly in my opinion. Look, I, I it's like you said earlier, Nate. I want to be best friends with Lily. Insane. Hell, all the best friends with the main three, you know, like they're all fantastic characters in my opinion. And uh, RJ. I want RJ to be my master. Yes, definitely. We'll get to RJ in a second. Uh, Anthony, j- just really quick, uh, Riz and I have already kind of said uh, where Lily ranks within our yellows. Where would you put her with yours? You know, I haven't really thought about my my top five yellows. Like, <laughs> like I don't really... But she's definitely she's definitely up there though. I think the I only need, I need to figure out where to rank her at though, because I'm like the only I yellow I think that could reasonably give her a challenge is Kira, in my opinion. Uh, Kira yeah. can give her good challenge. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly because Kira has a bit of an arc going. Yes. Even if it's subtle. Um, do we want to move on to uh, Theo now, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't think Theo is number one. I, I still think Sky is the best Blue Ranger. I think Sky is a little bit better. Um, I mean, first of all, okay, I want to get this out of the way. It is really distracting how Theo's actor is shorter than both Casey and Lily, even though he suddenly becomes taller than Lily when they morph. That's always really <laughs> annoying. He's following in his predecessors with Justin. 
like how it, it's like how when uh, Power Rangers in space, uh, TJ is the biggest and most musk. Like compared to Carlos and Zane, no, 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 Carlos and Andros, he's really big and athletic. He's like the most muscular, but <laughs> but unfortunately, Mega Blue is smaller and scrawnier compared to Mega Black and Mega Red. So TJ shrinks <laughs> when he morphs. Um, and same thing, you know, uh, Lucas is. Uh, Taller than Wes, even though Time Blue was shorter than Time Red. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's the worst case with Theo. But that's just a technical thing. It's it's somewhat distracting, but you know what? Whatever. I can overlook it in the same way I can overlook uh, Justin getting taller when he becomes a Ranger. Um, Notice that problem with the Rangers you mentioned. Like, I don't ever think. Oh well, this guy is shorter here than he is when he's morphed or whatever. Like it's never, right. it's yeah. never occurs to me when I'm watching. I'm more into hell yeah, he morphed. Good on him. I know. Um, I think uh, so. Theo is weird because I think okay. Actually, no, 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 we're not comparing uh, them to Sentai. I guess when I look at Theo by himself, um, okay, there's one episode devoted to Theo that might be one of my least favorite episodes of a series, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I think in general, I think with Theo, I think Theo has like the deepest character where, you know, he comes off as like really confident and like no nonsense and everything, but he... He is actually another person that you can relate to, just like Casey, because we get an episode where he has a twin brother that's like a superstar that, mm -hmm. you know, everyone loved. And like he was constantly being compared to that person. So, you know, he he's lived a pretty tough life, in my opinion. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people that think that Theo is a jerk and they don't like him, but. When you have a brother that's constantly overshadowing you, like. Can you blame him for being at least a little bit of a jerk? No, I see, think it's okay. You see, before I even like knew about that stuff about his brother, I did kind of think he was kind of a jerk. That's only because like I, my first induction with him was like, oh, he's just treating cases like he's like he like he doesn't know anything. It's like, dude, he's just he's still new. Like, at least help him train. But now that I'm like watched the episodes and I've seen him out how he progresses, now I know like, okay, he's all right now. But he's not my favorite. That's the that's that's the one thing I will. I know y'all will be like, why is he not your favorite? He just I don't know. He just really didn't really appeal to me like he like the other two did. Well, other three. Theo is the weakest of the three by far. But but he's still better but, than. But but still, even Dom. when he's the weakest of the three, I would say he. I don't have a ranking in my blues, Nate. But me neither. At the very least, I would say top ten. Uh, he, I, I don't think I I don't think he's anywhere close to being on par. Okay, I think the top two blue, the, at least the top two Blue Rangers should be Billy and Sky. Um, I Coda. Yeah, I wouldn't and, put. I don't think Theo is anywhere near Sky or Billy's level. Theo is still much better than some other Blues we've had. Uh, looking at you, Madison, looking at you, um, uh, crap, what's his name? Kevin. Right. 
Looking yeah, at you, Kevin. We don't talk about him. <laughs> so, I mean, look, he's not the worst blue. Yeah. He's not, he's not, he's not the most mediocre either. He's at the top of the mediocre list, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but Which I do like his characterization quite a bit. Like, he starts off super confident. He starts off really cocky. But through the season, he learns a lot of humility. And I like that a lot. Um, did you want to add anything, Anthony? Because I have nothing else to add. I miss that either. Okay. Because like I said, he's not my favorite, so I can't really say. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the show stealer, RJ. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to talk about the best mentor of all time. Got it. Okay, because, okay, <laughs> let, let me just say this. Okay. RJ is the best mentor of all time because, you know, with all these other Power Ranger seasons, you always have these people who, you know, they talk in this very mystical, you know, this type of voice. And they give like these really long, write out sentences, like that really cringe sentence that uh, Kanoi says in Industrial. Like, remember, a conclusion is only where you got. Is only the place where you got tired of thinking. Like you're trying to make them sound like <laughs> you're trying to make them sound like Yoda. You do not have to make some dude dress up in robes and talk like Yoda to what be wise. Exactly. What you you mean, yeah. Udana? No, I'm talking about Delphine, not Delphine. Uh, Dimitri. Right. Oh yeah, the question that the. the Oh, I hated her. RJ, like, he's a surfer dude, which I can't be surfer dude, but he's not a moron. And what what I like about him is that he's a genuinely wise person. He just has a very laid back, like, you know, like, you know, you have the Miyagi, you know, you have the Mr. Miyagi way on how he trains Casey in that episode of Sigh of the Tiger. Yeah. But... But, you know, there's also ways where, you know, he, where, you know, he, like, how he helps Casey get his master stripes. We're saying that, like, Casey, I've taught you everything I know. How you use that knowledge, that's up to you. Like. a line to me. I would not really call RJ a surfer dude. He's more like a cool hippie, than my personal opinion. That, that's the, how I feel. It's more, the best way to describe RJ is that true hugging hippie from California who likes to eat granola on the weekend. Bingo. Bingo. That's that's exactly what he is. And I mean look, it works for him because yeah. he he has that Mr. Miyagi trait. I mean look, for Christ's sake. He made Casey go wash the floors and he made him go fix the sofa and, you know, all this other stuff and you know, at the time, Casey's like, why am I doing all this menial labor? What's the point? Only to find out later, oh, hey, I learned different fighting uh, techniques from doing this. Thanks, mm -hmm. Arte, you did something great for me. And I think another subtle one, it's the episode that takes place immediately after he becomes a ranger. Um, it's an episode where uh, Casey feels like RJ is undermining him because he's a ranger now. But Casey's the leader. Like, I love how, okay, it's subtle, but I love how, like, in, 
like the climax of that is that RJ is like, you know, he's talking down with Casey's level, like instead of being like, you know, Casey, you know, like what what is your problem, Casey, or something like that. You know, he's he's down playing basketball with Casey and just being like, hey man, come on. Like, I'm not just your mentor, I'm your I'm your friend, you know, so tell yeah. me what's going on. Like, he's not just the mentor. He's your friend. He's the friend. And he does a lot of other cool things. Like, I love how in that one episode, same episode where he uh, teaches Casey training through cleaning, uh, there's a subplot there where a bunch of kids show up to the pizza parlor and Lily and Theo leave Fran to deal with it. And RJ decides, ah, poor Fran, you know, you... You had to deal with all this by yourself. So uh, here's the thing. Uh, uh, Lily, you and Theo are going to clean all this up because you didn't help Fran. And uh, Fran, uh, you're going to come with me. We're going to go get ice cream. Yeah, yeah it, it was him and it was him and Casey. Him, Casey, and her. Doing okay, ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, so he's a cool dude. He looks out. He's also a nice boss. Yes, I would definitely work. I would never complain if I ever had RJ my boss. No, RJ is amazing. And like, you know, a lot of people will probably come back and say, well, Kruger's a, a great mentor. Um, I've heard people say Dr. Oliver is one of the best mentors of all time. Uh, but I, I just think Kruger is a great mentor. I think he did a great job with SPD. But he was trained to lead the SPD team. Like, he yeah. went through all the stuff. And he is really rigid, and you, you expect him to be great. But RJ, like I said, he's a granola-loving tree hugger. Yeah. You don't expect him to be this great baseball master. You don't expect him to have these abilities, but he does, and he uses them really well. Now it's hard to rank RJ among other rangers because there's only one other purple ranger in a uh, Power Rangers. That's uh, Kindle from. Uh... Dino charge. Mm. If you want to do a, if you want to try and rate him somehow, you can rate him as a mentor turned ranger because you have four of those. Yes. What Kruger, Tommy, and Udana? Tommy, Adana, and Mick. Yes. I would probably okay. Maybe he would be second best to Tommy just because I think Tommy was at his strongest as a character when he was black. But even then, I don't think that's fair because I still like, okay, I'm going to say this. RJ is in my top 10 favorite Rangers of all time. Like, you know, if I just take, if I take color out of the picture and I'm just bringing up Rangers in general, RJ is in my top 10. So, so I, so I think it's unfair to even compare him to that. But in general, like, I, ju- I just think RJ should be a top 10 Ranger of all time. He is. And there's definitely a top 10 Ranger. Um, to go back to your point about Dr. Oliver as a mentor being better than him, I, I agree and I don't agree. I think Tommy brings a ton of experience to the table. And we'll talk about this a lot more when we do Donna Thunder and Abba Ranger. But Tommy's fault as a mentor was he didn't, in, in some cases, he didn't really explain a lot of like 
the past and the science behind his inventions that led to all this stuff. And like, he, at some point, I feel like he was more reactive than he was proactive in what he did. Um, Kruger had a plan for the most part. Tommy was more reacting because that's how he was the ranger. But RJ, I just think he did a great job trying to teach the team how to work together. What do y'all think? Yeah, I agree with that. Same here. And, and just one other thing, I, I really hate to bring this up because I respect this reviewer, but uh, Easy Rider, Toki Time, although he doesn't really do his show that much anymore, he did a top 10 sixth rangers and he brought up Merrick and he said like Merrick is you know an example of how great of a wolf a wolf ranger can be it's a pity that RJ didn't take any advice from him you take that back <laughs> Dude, them fighting words here you don't tell yeah. me anything from Jungle Fury is better than anything in no anything in Wild Force is better than Jungle Fury that that's 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 just best that right there. word like, I, I will, said that needs to be destroyed. I will, I will invite whoever said that onto this podcast and we're gonna have a talk. You know, I met him once actually. I met him at a Power Morphicon twenty sixteen. So mm-hmm. huh? Who's who's again? I, I think Easy Rider Toku Time. Oh him, right. I... This, he's a hit or miss. That's the things I did like about his reviews, some things I didn't like about his reviews, so... Well, I, I don't want to badmouth the guy, but that opinion really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, okay, we can move on to the final Ranger here. Uh, this is probably going to be a very short discussion. Do we have to? Uh, <laughs> okay, let's be fair to Dom here. He's at a huge disadvantage, because... Every he is the one main character in this show that wasn't a main character from the start because like before he came in everything was pretty neatly in place because you know RJ became a ranger but even before he was a ranger he was there he was their boss at Jungle Karma he was their mentor he was there so Dominic comes in and Dominic came in like episode nineteen so there's like what like maybe thirteen episodes left of the show it's really unfair. And I don't want to badmouth him too much because his actor is a really nice guy. Uh, okay, so just throwing this out there. I've met his actor, by the way. I already said that. Anytime, anytime that we are basting a character, we're not basting the actor. He, I, I'm certain the guy who played Dak, when you take him away from the Power Rangers character, is a great guy. I am positive of that. So I would never want to like badmouth the actor because that just breeds unnecessary hatred of people who are just doing their job. Right. Um, but then there are also some Power Ranger actor characters who are horrible characters and are portrayed by actors who aren't exactly the best people. Ashton. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll we'll save that for later. But, yeah. But the, the point is, by and far, we don't want to give the image that we hate an actor. We want to give the impression that we don't like a character. And in the case of right. Dom, I just don't think he was a good 
character because of the writer strike and because he came in so late. Mm-hmm. And I think I think he and Fran were cute together, though. Yes, that so, was the only thing that that that, that helped his character. So here's something. You want to hear how I think we could have made Dunglefer even better? Yeah. Okay. Let's erase Dom from the story. And let's introduce around episode 17 or 18, Fran reveals to the team, hey, so I've been instructed by Master Mao years ago. So keep an undercover identity to kind of monitor you guys. And then at the right time, I would make myself known as the White Rhino Ranger. That'd be great. I mean, it would help. I mean, I always thought that the one problem I have with this team is the fact that there's like eight Rangers, if you include the Spirit Rangers, and only one of them is female. So that would have been great. Yeah. No, I just think that would have been a stronger story because you had this character you would never expect to be this master of whatever. And, you know, she could still be very ditzy, very dorky, but she's like the master of something like how RJ is. Now, now I want to give Dom this. I, I think his Sentai counterpart, Geki Chopper, he might be one of my, like... I did a list of like the top ten worst Sentai Rangers ever. Geki Chopper is in there. I don't like Geki Chopper at all. I don't remember so, anything about him. That's the sad part. I remember so, everybody else, but I don't remember him. What would I put Dom in my worst Rangers ever? Hell no. He he's not that bad. Um I I just his problem is it's really unfair for him that he was brought in as late as he was. And the funny thing is, you know, I actually asked Nikolai about that, and he actually said that, like, that was a struggle that he had when he played Dom, how, you know, he wasn't really given much to work with because he came in so late. Um, but, uh, like, for, but on the other hand, also, like, you know, he kind of fills in the role of being, like, a comic relief ranger, and I mean, I think some of his jokes were funny. Like, I mean, he was, he makes me laugh sometimes. So he's funnier than Dax, at least. Um, is that's, that? That's a low bar to be compared. Yeah, it's not really, it's not really a accomplishment. Like, oh yeah, I'm funnier than, than, than the lamest Blue Ranger in all of Power Rangers. <laughs> and all it took a thought to do. But as far as like, uh, okay, I, I don't know if we could call him the sixth ranger because Geki Chopper isn't considered a sixth ranger in uh by the Gokaiger standards. Uh extra ranger, but not, but he doesn't have that qualification of sixth that sense. But for like an extra ranger, I mean, he's just there. Like I don't hate him. He's not he's not a character, but I actively want to strangle, but he's also not someone who am I? Um, I mean, probably the most thing I remember about him is that I really like his suit. But we'll talk more oh, about yeah. the suit. We'll yeah. talk about the suit portion when we get to the Geki Chopper's debut in Geki Ranger. Here's uh, the last thing uh, before we talk about like an overall grade. I want each of us to give our favorite episode of the show. Um, 
Anthony, you can go. Anthony, you're you're apparently literally watching a live stream of this series right now. So go <laughs> ahead and tell. How about you go ahead and start? Hmm. I honestly like the Sign of the Tiger episode is my favorite. Because it actually shows that like Arthur's training, while well, it is unorthodox, it gets results. And he yep. learns that like, oh yeah, like even if he's the training doesn't look like it's training, I still learn because of the method of how it was done. It gave me Mr. Miyagi feeling because like I, I've been watching a lot of Cobra Kai, so I love that freaking show, by the way. Like yep. if you if you like if you like Karate Kid, if you like all the all the martial art movies that you've seen, you'll like this show. It's it's really good. Okay. Uh Riz. My favorite episode is the penultimate where um Casey and Jared go at it. That is by far the best choreographed Ranger fight and I think the entire franchise. The one I dislike the most would have to be the clip show with the game show thing going on. Oh, I no, don't, don't, drop that, don't drop that dope or something like that. I was like, what is this? I mean, is, okay, that, so, is that your least favorite episode too, Anthony? Yeah, because it, it's unnecessary and we could use another episode for that for that one, but no, that, that was my terrible. That's very... And real quick, I'll let Riz say it real quick. I just wanted to get my favorite so we can move to the least favorite real quick. Is that okay? As much as this is a cliche, I would say that the finale now, the final Fury, is great because the funny thing is, is that even though it's a one-part finale, it a lot happens in it. Like the main three Rangers defeat Scorch by themselves, then Daishi revives all of his monsters, and then the Paishwa Masters show up for it. Like there's a bunch of battles, but it never felt rushed to me. Like the finale felt perfectly paced, mm-hmm. and it was a nice change of pace because like. While other finales like to like raise the prospect of there being like a big army, you know, like apocalyptic into the world stuff, they don't play that up with Jungle Fury. But the reason why it works is because the bulk of the finale is all about Jared coming to terms with like who he is and like, you know, deciding that he, you know, deciding what he wants to be. And I love the final scene. Like everything about the, the final scene is great. You know, we see Casey as a master. Lil, the way that Lily and Theo end up together is absolutely adorable. Um, <laughs> and I, I like how Dom and Fran end up together. Um, so, as much as it's a cliche, I would say that the finale is my favorite. And I might say that... that No, never mind. I can't say it's a, better than the... Maybe it's a little bit better than the SBD finale, but... Okay, it's kind of complicated. That's okay. That's a huge debate in my head, but it's better than the Mystic Force and Operation Overdrive finales. Well, okay, that's yeah. not hard to do, but let me it let is. me kind of give my thoughts on the finale real quick. So, I I liked the finale; it was well paced. But the thing that bugged me with the finale is how it ended, with um them throwing the Hadouken at Dicey, like all that build up. Only for it to be coming down to a Hadouken at the end. It, it just felt... Uh, I would say it ended something different there. Yeah, I think you'll like the final battle in Gekki Ranger a little bit better. Oh, yeah. 
It just feels a little bit weak after all the buildup we had. But yeah, no, the clips though was my least favorite. Uh, Nate, what was yours? Um, okay, well, first of all, the clip show, like, I don't think that's as bad as the Operation Overdrive one, which is li- like, um, but anyway, my least favorite episode. <laughs> okay, I hate this episode. I, I know, I know, I know which one he's talking about, so. <laughs> it's the episode Can't Win Them All. It's a Theo-focused episode. Okay, I, I hate this episode, and here's the reason why. <laughs> the plot of that episode is that Theo loses a fight to Gakko. This is uh, one of the Five Fingers of Poison episode. My Theo favorite monster. Lo- yeah, Theo loses a fight to Gakko, and then he gets all depressed, and he starts doubting himself. Okay. The climax of that episode is that Theo is that Theo discovers that the reason why he lost to Gakko was because he didn't have enough confidence in himself. Okay, so here's a couple of problems. First of all, it's not like Theo, why is, this Theo was overreacting. The Rangers have lost battles before, and it's not like he lost badly. He just got kicked once. So it's not like he, it's not like Gakko, you know, put him on the ground and like dragged him across it for like an hour or something. You just got kicked, dude. Like, get over it. And, but here's the problem. He says he didn't have enough confidence in himself. In the first episode, you are putting Casey down because he can't learn how to fight as fast as you do. At the beginning of this episode, you <laughs> are putting Casey and Lily down be- when you beat them in a sparring match. And you mean to tell me that this guy's problem is that he doesn't have enough Self-confidence? <laughs> no. No. No, 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 no. You are overconfident. That was your problem. That's what pisses me off. I am okay with having an episode that teaches kids about the importance of self-confidence, but you need... Okay, that should have been an episode devoted to Casey, because Casey has self-confidence issues all throughout this series. Mm-hmm. With Theo, you need to teach him the lesson that having too much self-confidence is Teach him some humility. Yeah. And what's sad is that you could even have it be a twist at the end where Theo actually isn't so self-confident and he just acts all cocky to hide how truly unconfident he is. But they don't even do that. No. That one line of Theo saying... I only lost to you because I didn't have enough confidence in myself. No. You had too much self-confidence. I can't believe that that's the lesson that he takes from RJ. That just... That really pisses me off. Now, mind you guys, I I was literally... Me and Nate were both at his house. We watched this episode, and I can test that he did not like this episode at all. Like, I mean... It's not the worst episode from okay. I did like a bad episodes from good seasons. It's not the worst episode from a good season. The worst episode from a good season is where Dana spontaneously turns into this diva for one episode in Lightspeed Rescue. That is don't even get me started on that. Like that's a horrible episode too, isn't it, Anthony? Yes. But yeah, that 
that episode just rubs me the wrong way. And I think that was, and that was an early episode, so I think it was a problem with the Writers Guild strike. But just, yeah, I hate it. I have to look into it, but I think the Writers Strike happened about the midway point. Oh, okay. Like episode 13 to like 25 or something. Hey, can't win them all, right? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Okay, that was bad, dude. Get out of here. (laughs) I I regret nothing. I regret nothing. But honestly, if I take that episode out, like, there's no other episodes that I can remember disliking. I mean, I'm annoyed at how they handled the Rangers getting their jungle master powers, but I mean... Yeah, that, that was handled terribly, in my opinion. But in the grand scheme of things, I can say, like, okay, like... It's not handled the best, but at your core, you're trying to teach a moral, so I can give you the bare minimum credit for that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Do what grade would we give an overall for Power Rangers Jungle Fury, guys? I would say A minus. I'd give it an A. I also give it an A. It's not an A plus because that belongs to Time Force and in space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we want to give any closing thoughts for Jungle Fury? I'm actually kind of. I, this is a question I, I kind of want to ask, ask you guys personally. Now you know this this season is like one of the second least, I, I guess, diverse cast because. There's only one, you know, of course, Asian slash Filipino ranger on the group, and then everybody else is Caucasian. Uh-huh. Do you agree that, do you feel that the show might be a little bit better had they made it to where the cast is more diverse? Or do you feel like if anything was changed, not, not counting RJ, because RJ is great, so we're not counting him at all in the equation. Would you feel like the, the cast could have been a little bit better if they were more diverse? Or do you feel this cast was just straight up? Find the way it is. If I, I don't usually like like to talk with about diversity because I talk about the characters and don't really think about ethnicity. But at the same time, I can understand how you know someone who might be African American might you know want to relate to like someone who's there. Like if you're like if you're that way, you know maybe you're more likely to like you know like maybe you look up the characters like TJ or uh, um, Joel, I guess. So I can kind of attest to that. Um, I I don't have that feeling when I watch Jungle Fury, though, because, like, yeah, it did kind of, like, maybe, like, like thought my head, like, why are they not using, why not having more diverse characters in this? But, you know, the only, about me, yeah. the only main cast member that I would even think about changing is maybe Theo, but, because... Maybe Dom too, but I, I don't want anybody to touch Jason Smith, Anna no. Hutchinson, or David De Lautor. I'm, I'm sorry, I keep butchering. David De Lautor. You say you just say yeah. that. That's his name. Okay, I those people shouldn't be touched. No, but, definitely not. So speaking as a person of color, like you, Anthony, um, I didn't mind. I didn't mind the cast ethnicities in this season. Me neither. I, I thought, honestly, 
Okay, so I'm of the opinion that I don't look at a cast and think, oh, we need more black guys, or no, we need more, you know, um, Asian people or whatever. I look at the cast and I say, did the cast deliver a good performance? And if they didn't deliver a good performance, why didn't they deliver it? Exactly. I rarely think of it as um, race or ethnicity or religion or whatever. Um, because if we go by that metric, I don't have representation until Beast Morpher. That's true. Yeah. And even then, I don't even know if he is. Ravi is Indian. I think he is, but maybe not. But he's don't... shown. He, he's... He... <sighs> I mean, he he favors one, but we don't know for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like, for me, being Indian, I, I don't put a lot of weight on American TV shows catering to my minority group or whatever group. Like, I, I, I'm looking more for, is the story engaging? Are the characters good? Um is the story worth following? And those are the things I look at. I'm not looking to see that we're meeting a quota of, oh, we must have at least one person of color on every team. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, I know I a lot of people, go ahead. I can understand some people arguing in favor of that, but to me, I, it really doesn't make a huge difference though. No. A lot of people were really mad about Ninja Steel, because the yellow was originally going to be a black guy, and then they recast him to uh, Nico, Nico something. I forget his name, and I didn't think that was the reason why Ninja Steel sucked. No, definitely Ninja not. Steel sucked for many other reasons, but it's not because they changed the yellow ranger from a black guy to a white guy. Hell, so, if he stayed on, if he stayed on there, the actual show would actually still would have been bad. <laughs> we just had to do with like oh. there's nothing they could have done to fix it without rewriting no. the entire story. But then it makes me wonder what would they have kept the yellow and white ranger relationship? Would they have still been together? Like this was our first like like on screen, um, I guess black black couple. I guess you could say that makes sense. As Rangers? I mean, Tyler and Shelby end up together, and they're kind of biracial. Well, we're, we're, talk, we're, we're talking more or less like characters who are, are, the, sa- are the same uh, ethnicity. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand why people argue about the cast diversity, but I don't think that that should really have an effect on the quality of the show. I, I don't. I'm, I'm just kind of curious what you guys thought of it, that's all. If you want to really get down to it, Power Rangers has a lot of things where they don't give, you know, diversity to different groups. Like, up until now, you haven't really had a a person who is Muslim. You haven't had a person who is from, like, you know, South America. Like, you know, we've had some people who were um... You know, they look South American, but they don't represent that those countries down there, for example. Yeah. Uh, you don't have people with impairments. You don't have anyone like Daredevil who's maybe blind or deaf or, 
whatever. Like those impairments just don't pop up and derange your stuff. But again, I don't think you need to do it until you have a good reason story-wise to do it. Yeah. Like you cast for a story that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. This is an A season. Um, and like I said, after looking at it, I might actually put it in my Holy Trinity now. Yeah. I don't think it's as good as In Space or Time Force, but it's... I think it's the best season of the Disney era. Agreed. Sorry, RPM. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what would you agree, Anthony? Like, is this the best season of the Disney era, or? Oh, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Well, I still like RP a little bit more, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Well, we'll talk about RPM when the time comes. Yeah, yeah. and and we're gonna talk about SPD as well for Decker Ranger because I'm really interested yeah. in. Plus, I'm getting I'm getting very very tired. <laughs> I want to go to bed soon because I got to go work tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anything else you guys want to say? No. Nope. No. Nope. Well, we hope you um people back at home uh, enjoyed this uh, review segment of a uh, Jungle Fury, and uh, even though we've already recorded one video, uh, we hope you guys will check out our Geki Ranger stuff. Uh, we're looking for forward to continuing uh to review Geki Ranger, although uh, and um like I said, uh, we will be covering Jungle Fury again when we do a comparison for Geki Ranger to Jungle Fury. Um, that's going to be a very interesting video, um, to say the least. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, please leave a comment down below with your personal thoughts on Jungle Fury, especially if you're not a fan of it. We'd like to hear your thoughts on it, on like why you've arrived at that conclusion. Not, and we encourage friendly discussion here. We're not going to like shame you for your opinion or anything. Um, but, uh, we thank you guys so much for watching or listening. If you're on Spotify and iTunes, uh, please check us out at animesecrets.org and also check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, once again, we thank you guys so much for, uh, watching or listening and, uh, believe it or not, this is actually the first video that we've recorded in, uh, 2022, uh, 2023. I'm sorry. And, uh, hey, we're in 2023 now. Good, sir. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and we look forward to bringing you many more, much more content reviewing Tokyo in this new year. We hope you guys had a great holiday and we will see you guys next time as we start our Geki Ranger. Although keep in mind that was recorded in 2022, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, <laughs> with that said, uh, we will see you guys next time. So, um, please be sure to check out our Geki Ranger stuff and look forward to us reviewing more Power Ranger seasons here on Tokyo Secrets. But until that time, we'll see you later. <laughs>